Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we watched over the past seven days or so. I'm Nick Pronto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt. Uh, yes. What's up? <laughs> Not much, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, Good. So this week we watched uh, The Shallows, Hereditary, and you finally saw Solo, A Star Wars Story. Yes. Um, let's start off with Hereditary because, uh, I haven't seen it and I would like to, and if we will avoid the spoilers for it. Um, yeah. And once you do see it, if you do see it, um, you'll kind of realize it's, it's difficult to talk about without spoiling anything. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. If you, you know, you, if you've seen the preview, the, uh, I actually haven't, I haven't seen anything about it. Other than I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, I saw the preview <clears throat> a while back at the theater before something and um, thought, yeah, that, that looks a bit kind of old school and uh, gritty. Um, but I'll tell you what, the preview does not, it does not prepare you for the movie. Um, it's, I, I still haven't found the right adjective, but it's the most something movie I've ever seen. It, <laughs> it, in my notes, I put the, the emoji of the green face that's getting ready to puke. Okay. Um, I've seen a lot of horror movies. Um, things that come to mind right now are things like Gator Bait. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gator Bait too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is definitely not like that, but in terms of... In, in terms of being disturbing or just like hitting you in the gut, uh-huh. I was there was a, there was actually a moment where I thought to myself, "I'm not sure I can handle this movie." Really? Um, yeah, yeah. And I would not recommend it to most people. Now, I don't. I, I, it's a good movie. I, I, I do think it's a good movie, but I just don't think it's for everybody. Um, and it's actually probably a pretty slim section of the population who could uh, really sit through it. Um, if you have a weak stomach, if you don't absolutely love horror movies, and maybe if you have kids, <laughs> like don't watch this movie. Really? Uh, yeah, it's 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 hard hitting, man. Um, and I will warn you too, because because it, it is. It is a good movie. So in, in terms of like being a horror fan, even now, even with it being as heavy as it was, um, I'm glad I saw it. Uh-huh. And, and you might be glad you've seen it once you can get the taste out of your mouth a little bit. Um, can, you, uh, but it, can you talk about the plot at all? Well, I can, I can try. Um, like from the movie, this, I, I looked at the movie poster and it says every family has a secret or something like that. Every family tree hides a secret. Yeah. And basically what I would say, in t- to not spoil anything, is it's a pretty messed up family. <laughs> that's that's kind of all I got. Uh, I really can't tell you more. And, and actually in the movie, I, I was, I think, about a half hour in um, thinking, I don't know where this is going. Um and then it started to go, and in the moment that it does, I was like, "Oh man, fudge! This is uh, this is hard." Um, yeah, so I, I you know, is sorry, it, I is can't it just uh, is it just graphic, like gory graphic, or 
No, it's something else. Like psychological? It's something else. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know that feeling that you and I had when we saw Boys Don't Cry and the girl gets shot at the end? I forgot how it ended. Uh, it ends with her getting raped and shot. And you and I kind of looked at each other and went, uh, and yeah, we both were real quiet. Yeah, I remember the movie left you feeling pretty hollow. It's that. Oh, but a horror movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. And and I do want to say, you know, uh, it doesn't have, in my opinion, it doesn't have the best resolution or like, like not even the third act, but where things finally like settle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, it's a little weak. I felt a little bit about it the way I did about the movie, The Witch. Oh, uh-huh. see, I, I mean, we were going to watch that yesterday, but then we decided to watch The Shallows. Well, I think someone, uh, I don't know if it's producers or director, um, but someone involved in making this movie actually was part of the team that made The Witch. Okay. And and you can sort of feel it, but a lot more happens in this movie than The Witch. The Witch, not a, not a ton happens. Um, it is an interesting movie. It's a really pretty movie. Yeah. And it starts out with a scene, too, where you're like, wait a minute, am I going to see what's going on here? And then you do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're kind of like, ugh, yuck. Um, but but this is way way heavier. Um, yeah. So I will say this: uh, Tony Collette is. Uh, so I'm not sure who plays the daughter. I'm not sure who plays the son. But Tony Collette's the mother in this family, and um, Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Burns. Burn. Burns. Yes. That guy from Usual Suspects. Right. Uh, he is the father. Um, the acting in the movie is really good. Tony Collette's really good. Um, and actually I've seen Gabriel Byrne in some things where I, I've thought he, ha- he isn't that great. Um, but in this, he's really good too. Okay. Uh, and it doesn't, you know, it's kind of fresh and interesting, not just cause it can hit you like other stuff can't, but also that it doesn't, it kind of goes in a couple different directions and it doesn't follow the same sort of. Like once you do see it and know what the plot is, you can say, "Oh, it has this part of a plot from this movie, this kind of plot from another movie." But it doesn't follow the sort of pattern of those other movies, so you really don't know where it's going throughout. Okay. Um, and and in that sense too, I'd like to you know give it some credit. Um, I just I just don't think uh, I don't think most people will want to see it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, now I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you think once you do. Uh, okay. I, if you don't even tell me you're watching it, but you send me a text about how you feel, I'll know. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, there's not much more for me to say because it is so spoiled-centric just sure. to even know the plot. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's leave it there with Hereditary, and and when I see it, we'll get back to it, and we'll we'll yeah. spoil the hell out of it for people. But um, so I guess for the rest of the show, we're going to get into heavy spoilers for our two other movies since we both finally have seen them. Yes. Um, let's talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. All right. <clears throat> I absolutely hate this movie so goddamn much. <laughs> Everything. Everything was annoying. Every scene annoyed me. Every line annoyed me. 
Woody Harrelson phoned in his performance completely. Um, I don't, you know, like I went in, uh, to be fair, I went in a little, you know, with low expectations, uh-huh. um, but generally speaking, that means I enjoy the movie more. Cause I'm like, Hey, it's not as bad as I thought, but just, I just wanted to punch every single person <laughs> on the screen. God, I <laughs> like I, if it weren't for this show, I would have walked out at like 10 different points. Really? I seriously. Just, yeah. I just, I was sitting there going, this is such a waste of my time. And I feel like it's it's so lazy. It's just banking on that it's a Star Wars product. Uh-huh. Like it didn't. It just didn't feel like it had anything to offer other than like here's Star Wars stuff. And you know, it's you know, it, I thought at some point I was like, maybe this is what it would be like to sit down to one of the new crappy DC movies and not be a Batman fan. Uh-huh. Um. Because even when I'm mad, like Batman versus Superman, which I also wanted to walk out of, even when I'm mad about it, I'm like, well, at least I can see Batman. <laughs> you know, like right. there's there's some sort of fan service just in the fact that it is the suit. Um, but in this, I, I'm not a Star Wars fan, so watching, I'm just like, well, that doesn't do anything for me. This doesn't do anything for me. This this actor's annoying. Um, the everything kind of felt unearned too. Like I felt like the movie was trying to tell me Han Solo was great, but I'm not seeing him do anything that actually makes him interesting or great. Yeah. Like at the beginning when he finally, he kind of joins the crew and that six arm thing with, I don't know. Was it a John Favreau's voice? Really? Um, oh, I didn't, I I didn't uh, catch that at all. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure if that if it is or not. I, I feel like I heard someone say it was. I honestly don't remember what you're talking about. Oh, so the team that begrudgingly brings him along is Woody Harrelson. Um, I think it's the woman from uh, Westworld, and then there's like Andy a Newton. yeah, and then there's like a a bug monkey. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! I remember that thing now. Okay, so the bug monkey, when it gets shot and then he jumps into the pilot spot and he's pretty much just sitting in the chair like nothing's happened yet. And the bug monkey's like, wow, you really are. I think we just lost. I think we just lost Matt. (laughs) Hello? Am I gone? (laughs) You were gone first. Did you hear me? You were yeah, gone yeah. for like a second, but it made the funniest goddamn noise. <laughs> it sounded like someone taking a deep sigh. Like someone just went. <sighs> well, I did do that a lot while I was watching this movie. <laughs> to, to, like there were a few times that I sighed and I was like, I'm probably pissing off the people in this theater. All four of them. Uh-huh. Um, but what I was saying was like the bug monkey says like, oh, you're a great pilot. And he didn't really do anything. Right. So I'm like, what, how is he a great pilot? And then 20 minutes later, after basically getting Woody Harrelson's wife or girlfriend or whatever murdered or having her kill herself or whatever, Woody Harrelson's like, hey, we have a good thing going here. We like make a good team. I'm like, first of all, aren't you upset that your girlfriend's dead? Yeah. Second of all, no, you're not a good team. He's been annoying and he's messed stuff up. He hasn't done anything good. Um, and then there was something later where he was like, 
he he was they were on another ship uh i guess where they were getting oh, they weren't on a ship they were on that planet where they're trying to get things going to steal some crap fuel whatever right. um I'm so, I'm so pissed off at this movie. <laughs> um, and he, I don't know, hits someone with a broom or something. And Woody Harrelson, I think, is like, wow, where did he get that move? I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? He didn't do anything. It's not impressive. <laughs> it was more impressive to see Khaleesi beat someone up with her robes or whatever happened there. You know what? Um, You're talking about all this stuff, and I've seen this movie, and I don't remember any of it. Well, good for you. Like I've completely forgotten this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine there other than being really annoyed. I can't imagine there being anything that anyone would find ephemeral. Did uh, you really like memorable the part, about it? Did you really like the part where he gets his last name? You know, I had heard so much about that that when it happened, it it didn't bother me so much. Uh-huh. It was dumb. And I felt like they shot it in such a way that the character, like the guy who had to deliver the line, I'll give him credit. He he was like, hmm, well, you're on your own, so solo. Cool, there we go. It, it's, it's not perfect, but it's a dumbass line, and it's a dumb idea. Uh-huh. But he did it without winking at the camera. But then they cut to Han. And he's like just straight up winking at the camera, and I'm like, all right, never mind. Um, oh God! So maybe, maybe if I were a Star Wars fan, I would have been able to enjoy just watching stuff in that world. Now, see, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I didn't enjoy watching most of it. Yeah. The parts that I did enjoy were the parts where they weren't doing that winking fan service kind of stuff. Um, yeah, like. Uh, I, I honestly can't think of anything right now, but like there were some, there were some redeeming moments in the movie. Um, I think like, I liked uh, Donald Glover's Lando. I thought he was okay. Oh, but, as far as the performance goes, uh, uh, what is it? Donald Glover. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover, Paul Bettany, who I always like, um, they were fine. As for, the performances were fine. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, no, no. Please continue. Um, the robot. I hated I actually, the robot. I see. I enjoyed the robot. I didn't care for the plot line. I was like, okay, so whatever. Revolutionary stuff. Um, it's not earned, so I don't care. Um, but her lines I thought were pretty funny, where she was like, you know, talking to one of the other robots, which was like, bleep, 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 what do I do? And she's like, I don't know, go start a revolution, but get out of my way, I need some space. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, they were the only lines I actually enjoyed were from the robot um, that I guess Dan, Donald Glover wants to have sex with. But <laughs> that's fine. No uh, judgment here. Yeah, I did not like the robot at all. I thought she was obnoxious. I didn't care for the robot rights discussion. Um, and I hated that they had to like, that they merge her with the millennium Falcon at the end. Yeah, that was dumb. I thought that was so dumb because, because all that does is later on, like whenever they're having trouble with the ship, you're like, Oh, is it that other robot that's giving them trouble now? And then, and then later when R2D2 is interfacing with the ship, is he having, is he having robot sex with, with the ship? 
Like, is, um, is that who R2 is talking to? And like, he's not just talking to the computer on the ship. He's talking to a character. So that's what Star Wars XXX is all about. <laughs> yeah. It's robot porn. The triple X parody? I didn't know. Um, yeah, I, I, it didn't really make oh, a lot oh, of sense to let me. Let me, I, and, let me talk about something completely different for a second. Um, my uh, son is re- my son is reading a book. Um, we're, well, we're reading a book to my son called. Um, uh, you know the transition to this was we were talking about porn. Yes, I know. Okay. Um, and uh, it's a robot book, and my wife was looking for the audiobook version of it on Amazon, and uh-huh. she found a book called "Monsters Made Me Gay: Robot Gangbang." <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? Yeah. Um oh, it does not it does not have a five star rating. I might need to order that book. Oh god. That cracked me <laughs> up. She sent me a picture of it of the of the cover of it. It's ridiculous. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. Uh um oh but with the with the with the robot and the Millennium Falcon. It it does really raise a question because at least I, I was watching, I was like, I don't remember the Millennium Falcon being very sentient. Um, no, it's just a ship, like with a computer yeah. with a computer in it, and they have, yeah. they have one robot talk to another robot. You know, like it's like if you're if I'm using the computer, like I'm not really communicating with the computer when I'm working right. on something. Yeah, it seems like uh, if that was if that was important at all that her memory was connected to it or whatever yeah. that it would have been implied somewhere in the original series that like the the falcon had a personality that the computer had some sort of personality right. so it was, yeah it was it was weird um unnecessary i also have a problem with they this this is a problem that i've seen in other movies too like like suicide squad where where your main character is a bad guy um, but they keep having him do heroic things. That's uh, that's uh, what this movie runs into too. Like Han Solo is a bad guy. Like he's supposed to be like a thief, a smuggler, and a murderer. Um, but but we're supposed to like him. He was supposed to be like a fun character that we're supposed to go on this journey with. And then at the end, when he shoots um, uh, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson, when he shoots him in cold blood, uh. Like that's that's not how you're supposed to end your story of your hero. Like, like how are we supposed to feel about this guy? Because, well, I think because no, go ahead. in the in the original Star Wars where he shoots Greedo in the bar. Yeah. Um, in the original version of that, Han shoots first. Like he shoots Greedo in cold blood before right. Greedo shoots him. Um, but he's just a supporting character at that time. He's he's this he's this dangerous man that we just met in a dangerous bar, but in this movie he's like a guy who's in love who just wants to get back to his girlfriend. Well, and I think I think that's supposed to be the idea is that he started out like that, like a little bit more innocent and stuff, and like you know like Aladdin, you know he's a thief, but it's really just he's a good guy. And then he gets a little uh, jaded throughout the movie. Uh-huh. But A, the movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> and so it doesn't do that. And B, they have the dialogue do exactly the opposite, where, you know, it's the end of the movie and 
I'm just going to keep calling her Khaleesi. Khaleesi is like, you're actually a good guy. And he and he's obviously like trying to argue, but not winning because he is a good guy. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I mean, that's literally what, like a, a minute or two before he shoots that guy. So Something like that, yeah. Whatever. Stupid ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, one of my good friends, I was texting after I got out, and uh, and she was asking me, she was like, so do you want your money back, or do you want your time back, or what? And I was like, I would gladly pay for the $8 ticket again to get my time back. <laughs> <laughs> like, go ahead and take 16 I want those two hours back. And my God, it felt like it was forever long. Like, yeah, I remember it did feel my watch. really long. It started at 9.55, like once the previews were over, which uh-huh. 15 minutes, of course. But anyway, started at 9.55, and usually I don't check my watch until two hours. That's that's around the time that I look and go, like, this movie's long, or where are we in terms of the acts? Mm-hmm. I checked my watch an hour in, and then I was like, oh my god, it's only an hour in, and this is... It feels like I've been here forever. I've wanted to leave six times. And then I, and then after what I thought was another 45 minutes, I checked my watch again because I was like, I thought people said this movie was relatively short. And I checked my watch again, and it had only been 15 minutes. I, I hated it. <laughs> uh, that's great. How'd you feel about the Darth Maul return? Oh, God. That was dumb. Like, I, I, you know, it's maybe the same thing with like Boba Fett, where like people are like, hey, this character that didn't really do much, let's make a big, huge deal out of it because it's got a cool suit, which he does not look cool. Like, Darth Maul looks like a, a. When I was six, I dressed as the devil for Halloween, uh-huh. and there might have been some crappy red paint on my face. That's what this guy looks like to me. <laughs> I get that he does some fancy moves when he's lightsaber fighting or whatever, uh-huh. and that he had a double-ended lightsaber, and you know, nerds get excited about stupid crap sometimes. But like, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get the point of him. And so I, I, I got the sense at the end of the movie when he showed up that I'm supposed to be excited or uh-huh. scared or yeah. something, and I'm like, here's this forgettable character making his stupid debut with his ugly face again. I don't understand how people don't look at that guy and think about him similarly to how they do Jar Jar Binks because he looks like a freaking idiot. Yeah. Uh, when 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 she first starts talking to the man in the in the cloak, I didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they re- once they reveal it's Darth Maul, the first thing that went into my head was when does this movie take place? Because it can't be like one when, when, one was episode one compared to when this movie took place. And uh, yeah, probably and, what maybe like thirty years before that. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, it's got to be because Darth Vader was a kid. Yeah, and. If Han is like I don't know twenty five in this movie, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I would guess like maybe like thirty years. Yeah. So like, who who is Darth Maul? What, does he have legs? Like all this stuff. Like you could oh, tell he had, that he had robot legs. Did they show the robot legs? Yep. Oh, I didn't catch yep. that. Yeah, he had robot legs. They were stupid. Oh, okay. Um, they really, they really have done a poor job with like explaining when things take place, uh, with Mm -hmm. this movie. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's not very good. I think when I first saw it, I was a little more kind to it than I am now. Like, I think I, I said, I liked it more than the last Jedi. And I'm yeah. not sure if that's true anymore. Cause I really didn't like the last Jedi, yeah. but, but it's really a dumb movie. Yeah, I, I can see, and I've heard a lot of different responses to The Last Jedi at this point. Um, I can see being annoyed or, or offended or something by it as a fan, you know, because it does go so counter to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But this is just a bad movie. Yeah. It's just a lazily thrown together piece of crap. And, you know, I'd heard a couple people say it's really dark, like um, aesthetically, like it's dark. It's hard to see what's going on. Huh. And and for a little bit in the movie, I was like, I had kind of forgotten about that. Um, but then about maybe like halfway through, I was realizing like how much I couldn't quite tell what things were where. Like when they were on the side of the cliff on that train snow piercer or whatever it is yeah um I, I really was having a hard time seeing what was going on i was like oh yeah i guess this is that darkness thing that everyone was talking about and then there were probably five or six other times in the movie that i was like yeah this really is pretty dark it's like it, it it's kind of like um you know how some uh theaters will dim down the 3d lights um to keep it from burning out no Oh, well, apparently some of them do that, and I think I've experienced it before, and, and this felt a little bit like that, and and had I not heard people say it's dark in, in, you know, in their reviews, um, then I would have thought it was the theater's problem, mm-hmm. but apparently that's the movie. The other, the other problem I have with, with the movie is um, you could tell that they thought there were going to be a ton of, of, of Han Solo movie sequels. Like oh, yeah. They're setting up like so many sequels. And what sucks, what what kind of sucks, is that the movie performs so poorly that we're never going to get any of those sequels. Doesn't suck to me. Um, but like, I kind of, I kind of was into um, what happened with Khaleesi. Like, I want to know what what her story is because we don't mm-hmm. hear any of it. But yeah, um, you know, that's that's really about it. Like, I I don't like. I want to know what the story is, but I don't want another crappy tale like i I have a lot of issues with rogue one um Mm -hmm. story-wise but like at least it was a fun movie to watch like it was a cool war movie and like your characters had motivations and things like that rather than you have to end up you're starting at a and you have to end up at b go out go um like at least rogue one had a um a plot that you could follow even though i don't agree with a lot of what happened in it yeah this one you're just kind of like okay we're we're stealing fuel and we need to get the fuel there before the fuel explodes i hope the fuel doesn't explode it didn't explode great <laughs> right yeah i uh, and everything even like like the card games and stuff you know they're how am i gonna make sense of this so you know with the card game at the beginning mm-hmm. they're playing and they're like ha, 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 well i have this hand and you don't actually know what's going on you can't enjoy it the way you would in a James Bond film where you can see the cards and you know what they mean. Right. And, and obviously I don't want the film to like stop and explain to me the whole card game. Right. But they're just going like, well, here's the reaction you would have if something cool just happened. Let's have the audience take for granted that something cool did happen and they can be impressed by the idea of it. 
And I felt like that's how the whole damn movie was with like everything with Han Solo. They're like, just trust us. We're saying he's cool. So that must have been really cool. The, the, the one thing I am kind of interested in or curious about or maybe willing to watch a movie about would be the freckle-nosed girl at the end who's trying to start the rebellion. Oh, I don't even... Oh, the one who was, like, camouflaged or whatever? She was yeah. wearing the other guy's suit or something like that? Yeah, she sort of had, like, a dark Boba Fett with fur kind of outfit. Um... And and I think I think maybe I wanted maybe I maybe I enjoyed that because it did have sort of like oh here's here's the Rogue One of the young Solo years you uh-huh. know like like here's this uh, underground faction I want to see what they do that's that's what I if I was curious about anything at all it was that okay um, I did think that oh her name's Amelia Clark I did think that Amelia Clark actually was pretty decent I was expecting her to be awful I um, I agree. I thought she was fine. Yeah, I thought she was gonna be was gonna be bad because she's usually bad in things that aren't Game of Thrones, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought she was fine. Like I like I said, I want to know what happened with her character. But I uh, kind of I, w- I wouldn't mind finding out how Paul Bettany's character got all the scars and stuff on his face. Did he die? I can't. Yeah, ever, I can't even remember. <laughs> Like well, that's, how, that's how bland the movie was. Like, and I remember, like when, when you said Paul Bettany, I was like, "Who is Paul Bettany?" Oh yeah, he was the bad guy. Yeah, she kills him. She, she does it. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. She, she pretends she's gonna kill Han, and then she stabs him, and it's a boring, crappy fight. Oh yeah. By the way, the action sucked too. Um and. Yeah, and then, I mean, you don't actually see him die, so I was kind of waiting for him to stand up off the ground and be like, I'm here, you know, <laughs> like, or, uh-huh. or that it would end with, like, his eye opening or something like that. Um, so, you know, if they want him to be alive, they can probably pull it off. I mean, Darth Maul got cut in half and fell down a well, if I remember. Right. So, whatever. It's, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> um, did you enjoy when Han Solo was speaking Wookiee? No. <laughs> uh, uh, did you? No. <laughs> like, like when when Chewbacca talks and and Han Solo understands what he's saying I always took that as Han kind of gets what he's trying to say like like they ha- they they have such a close relationship that that when Chewie talks Han Han kind of gets the gist of what he's trying to say not that he speaks a foreign language um, yeah yeah it's it's almost like he can just read the tone and he knows him well enough to go like oh that's his tone that means he's yeah worried like, about something like I know Chewbacca isn't Han Solo's pet but the way that they interact with each other is like a guy who has like a really good dog and mm-hmm. and he just kind of like says things to the dog and the dog does it or yeah. or like you know like it, it's a companion like Will Smith and his dog in uh, I Am Legend oh too soon. <laughs> that's a really sad scene oh yeah oh yeah and and a pretty decent movie up till the end up until the end yeah it's pretty good it's got the uh spoiler alert for i am legend <laughs> spoiler alert it's got a stupid ending yeah 
Uh, did you ever see? Well, the, did you ever see John the Grisham. alternate? John Grisham wrote John that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's got a John Grisham problem. Because oh, we were yeah. talking last week about how John Grisham doesn't know how to wrap anything up, so he's right. like, "Hey, the thing that was threatening to happen happens. It's over. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the end." Or Stephen King being like, "Hey, guess what? It was an alien the whole time." Right. Yeah. And like, oh, what a shock. Sorry, you were getting ready to say something. I don't remember anymore. About the end. Oh, about I Am Legend. Yeah, did you ever see the alternate ending to it? Yeah, yeah. That's even. And more. it was. Oh, well, I thought the alternate. Wait, the ending alternate ending. Up. The alternate ending is when they all die, right? Right. That's yeah. the way it should have ended. Yeah, I think the alternate ending's a little bit better. Still not great, but like at least it wouldn't have been like quite so bad. You're just not like oh, yeah. it just crapped all over the movie. Um, but uh. Well, this, yes. has been, this has been our solo. conversation on I Am Legend, a solo story. <laughs> so, so you're saying the the their relationship is like a guy with a dog. Um, with yeah, more like 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 imagine if you had a fully sent, sentient dog. Um, that's that's what I think Chewbacca is like. Even though he's like a humanoid, like he he can talk and has feelings and all that stuff, and and he has a family and all you still just kind of think of him as like he's Han Solo's pet dog. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's just like, Oh, we're thrown in a cage together. Hey, let's escape from the cage. Now we're best friends forever. Well, yeah. And that was another thing. Like almost instantly. It's like, I got to take care of Chewie. I'm like, wait, two seconds ago, you were telling him you don't care whether he goes with you or not. And now you're best friends. This yeah. is bullshit. And, 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 you know, in terms of, I mean, I think dogs are sentient, but like in terms of like being intelligent, the idea that Chewbacca is as intelligent as any other humanoid mm-hmm. really makes me feel bad for Chewbacca. Because in all these other movies, he pushes some buttons and whatnot, but he pretty much only gets to talk when there's something really happening. He's not having any like conversations, right? Yeah, he just throughout uh, the rest of the he day, he makes this chewy noise, and and Han Solo knows what he's getting at. Yeah, well, and I'm like, so this guy's just rolling around as intelligent as a human, but only able to talk to one guy. Yeah. His life sucks. Just shoot him. Yeah. Put him out of his misery. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he can get the I Am Legend treatment. <laughs> Choke him out. Huh? Oh, man. Yeah, Han Solo's choking Chewbacca to death. <laughs> For his own good. <laughs> <laughs> He's going like shh, 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 go to sleep, go to sleep. And Chewbacca's like so strong that he's like, "What are you doing?" Um, and the fact that Han Solo yeah. could not only talk to Chewbacca right away, but that he speaks Wookie, and a language that must that has to be the most alien thing to anyone. Well, and that he waits until Chewbacca's pretty much drowning him to say anything in, in Wookiee. Yeah. Like, if I met someone who was speaking Spanish and I knew Spanish, I wouldn't wait till they had a gun to my head to be like, hey, by the way, como estas? Yeah. You know, like, I'd bring it up a little earlier. Right. Um, boy, oh boy, there's a lot to complain about with this movie. It sure the, is. The, the dice thing happened immediately they're like look at these dice and i'm like i don't care about these dice anyway i never even knew about them like like i, I was like <laughs> i didn't either till till the last jedi i was like oh i guess there are dice i i never saw that there were dice i've never seen the dice before and and when he gets handed that dice i was like what 
what is this about? And then, and then later someone told me like, oh yeah, he hangs him on the rear window of the Millennium Falcon. Well, and he hung him on the little speeder bike or whatever they were on at the beginning. And it just kind of immediately set the tone for like, yeah, this is just going to be a thing that's on the screen for a while that makes a lot of allusions to, hey, by the way, don't you like Star Wars so much? Right. You know, like, uh, and, and it it does make me really want to like be watching Rogue One instead, where it's like, hey, here's a story, you know, and it's, yeah. it, it, it's going to tie in at the end and you might not dig that so much, but like, this is not just going to be a bunch of callbacks and lack of plot yeah and annoying characters did you um did you get what i said where i when i referred to him as every five minutes mo going and uh that's the origin of that i got it a handful of times but i'll bet you know since i'm not a huge star wars fan i'll bet that there are a lot more moments where it didn't quite click for me because i'm like i don't know if that is a thing but it feels like they're winking at the camera so it probably is Uh uh-huh um but there were definitely at least like maybe like three, four times that I was like, well, there's that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good movie. No. And its box office represents that or it reflects that. Good. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll wrap up our conversation on Star Wars Solo Story 1 Tale. <laughs> I don't recommend it. All right. And that brings us to the blue chip of the evening. Um, so last night we watched the movie, that, not you and me, my, my wife and I. Oh, I was um, going to say, I totally forgot that. Um, we watched the movie The Shallows, which is a 2016 movie uh, starring Blake Lively. And it was directed by directed by Jome Colesera. Uh, that's my French accent. Um, and The Shallows is a shark movie. Uh, Blake Blake Lively um, is, uh, I guess her mother has died recently of cancer. And she's going to this beach in Mexico that her mother took this picture at. And her daughter's like trying to follow in her footsteps a little bit, you know, as like a way to say goodbye. And while, and she's a surfer, and while she's surfing, she gets attacked by a great white shark. And well, and she's also going there to like come into her own because she's finally decided she doesn't want to be a, a nurse, a doctor. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and while she's while she's surfing, uh, she gets attacked by a great white shark, and she spends the rest of the movie on a, on a rock, and then. And then she swims to a floating buoy and, um, and it, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible, but I had a lot of fun watching it. We had a blast. Um, oh man, I wish I had been watching that movie with another person. Um, um I mean, I, if I, if you had been there with me in the theater seeing that, I would have, I would have enjoyed that hour and a half or whatever. It was only 84 minutes, which was great ah, because I needed to get to bed. God. Um, I took so many notes <laughs> Um, and we're going to go, we're going to go through them. Um, All right. so the first note I have is, um, so in the movie, um, she goes surfing in this like, like hidden cove in Mexico. And at the cove are these two other surfer guys and she like makes friends with them and then they leave. And, uh, there is no problem with shark at all. And, oh yeah. 
they were surfing around with no problem. Yeah. And then um, they leave and she sees this floating mass out in the water and she uh, paddles closer to it. And it turns out to be a dead whale, which is like, oh, gross. You know, wait, does she does she see the whale before the shark ever shows up? Yeah. Oh, OK. And, um, and this answers one of the questions uh, I have in the thing. But apparently she swims into the shark's feeding area and the shark mm-hmm. gets real territorial, which is why it attacks her. Um. But uh, so anyway, she. Why is the shark just not eating the whale instead of hunting all of the people in the water? <laughs> That's a pretty good question. Also, whales usually attract more than one shark. Right. Yeah. Like there's so it's many. Not, go ahead. There's so many seagulls. Like this whale is huge, but it's not like super huge because she swims over to the whale after the shark like rips her uh, surfboard in half and she climbs on top of the whale, which has got to be just the foulest thing. It's like a dead rotting whale. And <laughs> she uses like it's like the wound marks as handles to climb on top of it. And uh, and she's like got her face against the whale, and the shark is attacking the whale to get to the girl. Why isn't the shark just eating the whale? Like, like it's a giant whale that's just free to eat. I've I've literally seen videos of people standing on whale carcasses while great whites eat them. Are you and, serious? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You check it out on YouTube. You can find them. I'm sure. Okay. Um, yeah, because because that'll happen. You know, there will be a dead whale, and and they'll come and eat it and they're not they don't give a shit about the people they're like here's the perfect food in a gigantic quantity let me chow down for a while and they'll just sit there and eat on it for hours and then when they're full they go away um so then my next note is uh, how did she not smell the whale to begin with right yeah because it's it's rotting not very far away from her but my next note is um so she's stuck on the whale and she sees off in the distance a, a rock that she can get onto for, for safety, and she starts uh-huh. swimming towards the rock. While she's swimming, something hits her. Is it, is it a bird? Does a bird hit her while she's swimming away <laughs> from the whale? I don't know. Like, is, that, don't... is that what happens to Steven Seagal? <laughs> well done. That's his name um, in the movie. That's he's credited as. There's a seagull in the movie that she makes friends right. with, and the seagull is credited as Steven Seagull, and he plays I himself. Totally forgot that. Yeah, maybe that's uh, how it hurts itself because it she flies into her. She's swimming. That's and how something, birds fly. You hear the sound of something smacking her in the back of the head, and uh, <laughs> uh, so then uh, the next note I have is is a positive thing about the movie. Uh, we both enjoyed the way she interacts with her cell phone, like how um, it shows up on screen while she's also on her phone. Oh, yeah. I like the way that that looked. That was that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was okay. I think I've seen it in other movies too, but I won't. You know, it's it's not a bad way to do things. Yeah. Um, did you notice? Oh man, for just from what you've already said. Uh, Okay, so when she's on the whale and she looks over and she sees the rock, uh-huh. as gross as it might be to be on a whale, what makes the rock better than the whale? Because uh, the shark keeps hitting the whale. The shark keeps yeah, slamming into the whale. it's not going to run out. I don't know. I don't, uh, okay. The, that's all I can think is because she keeps <laughs> like sliding around on the whale because the whale's got to be slimy. I suppose so. Also stinky. Um, well, and, and when you were talking about the cell phone, it reminded me, like an image came to mind. 
of her just doing her thing and surfing and what's up with the soundtrack oh my god that's that's my next note is okay, the music is kind of terrible <laughs> oh it's it's so terrible yeah it's like lifetime movie terrible yeah um also this this she's got no plan for getting home at all like she takes those she gets like a hitchhiking ride to this to this uh cove on this beach cove and but she's got no plan of getting home at all well well and and getting there in the first place she's like hey doesn't she just like show some guy a picture and go can you drive me here basically yeah like it starts yeah. with her in that guy's truck which makes you wonder how the hell her mom got there in the first place right yeah because back then it was probably tougher so she didn't have and then there's some and- yeah and then there's like terrible stupid drama where the guy's like oh you wouldn't go there they call it the cove of and like what they keep cutting it off or something like they won't let you they, hear they, the name of the- they won't tell her the name of the cove because it's a secret it's stupid too yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all so cheap um so then um so she after she gets attacked by the shark the first time, she has like this gnarly leg wound where the shark bit into her. Totally and gnarly. when uh, when she's underwater, there's so much blood that you get to feeling and she's like getting thrashed around that when she comes above water, like she must be missing a leg. Like her leg must have been chewed <laughs> off and she climbs up onto the rock and he's just like this big gash that's in her leg. and And that's it. And then yeah. she and then she has jewelry that she's wearing that she uses as stitches. She she yeah. takes she takes this this necklace and like breaks it apart to make like staples to go through her leg to hold her wound together. Yeah. And and that was ridiculous. Yeah, um, I'd like to call BS on that. And then she's got that bird on the rock that's hurt and the bird doesn't even bother to help her with the stitches at all. Bird's just sitting there watching, squawking away. Um, and then uh, my next note is: is the bird hurt? Why is it staying there? But the bird is hurt. It's got like a dislocated wing from banging into her head, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a good thing that while she's on the rock, she has her all-purpose utility necklace for uh right. for all her things. Um, after that, my next note is she's on this rock for about 10 minutes and she already decides it's time to eat raw crab because she smashes she like wakes she wakes up from like a nap and there's like little like tiny sand crabs crawling all over and she smashes one and she goes well i guess i'm gonna eat this and then then immediately throws up meanwhile she's a doctor and she doesn't know don't eat raw crab (laughs) well and and like I can appreciate that if you're stuck in a survival situation, you might go ahead and eat something nasty right. after a while. Right. But I don't think it's like the first thing you go to. Right. Like she, like it's like she's just waiting for an excuse to eat the raw crab. I mean, she just she just ate half an apple on shore. She should be fine. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so I don't know where this fits in your notes or anything, but like. At this point, didn't she like find someone? Did did the two guys who were swimming around get eaten or something? And they get a video camera on their head or yeah, yeah. It's like um, a GoPro commercial. Yeah, Um, I'll get to that in my notes. Okay, I'm I'm going like um, so. Then she's like talking to the bird. The bird becomes her Wilson, 
um, and she's just talking to the bird. And then um, she like falls asleep, and then when she wakes up, she sees some guy laying sleeping on the beach, and she starts screaming to him to wake up. And it's this fat guy who's like hammered drunk. And he wakes up and she's like screaming for help. And the guy's like, okay. And he goes over to her bag and, and he just starts robbing her. Like he steals her cell phone and he steals her money. And she's like, oh, this can't be happening. And then the guy notices that her surfboard is floating out in the water. And he decides that he has to have the surfboard. <laughs> um, but he, uh, get, get listeners. Be prepared, because this this is about to go CSI on you. <laughs> because he he he's got the cell phone in his pocket, like he just puts it in his pocket, and then he starts going out into the water with all of his clothes on, <laughs> and he goes to get this the surfboard, and while he's out there, the shark bites him in half, and then and then it tries to frame Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> By by setting up his body on shore, yeah, as though he's been chopped in half with a samurai sword, yeah. The, so like this, this is the same shark that had like a clean shot at Blake Lively, drags her underwater, and like starts thrashing her around. And when she comes up out of the water, she just has this wound in her leg. It's it's a sizable wound, but this is the same shark that bit that fat man in half. And, and ate and, half of a whale. And it didn't like cut him in half, like and ate his legs. Like it bit him in half, and both <laughs> the top half and his bottom half wash up on shore. Yeah, his body's cut in half the way a piece of wood gets cut in half on a table yeah. saw. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then we were wondering if the shark gets drunk because he ate all of that drunk guy blood. <laughs> Um, and then, and then we started thinking if the shark ate the cell phone, was she going to have to reach into the shark to call for help? Which oh, would be no, a it's, great. It's going to be like a uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park three. three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then she'll be like, wait, where is it? And it'll be standing there. Right. Yeah. All silently. Just like, yeah, I'm here. And then, and then my next note is dramatic bird zoom shot. And I can't remember what that was about, but there is a, at some point there was a, a very dramatic zoom in shot of the bird. <laughs> like it just flies right into its face. I do not recall that. Oh, oh, I remember because my next note is awesome. Um, and oh, that's, that helped. That's when the two guys from the day before show back up uh, and they're going out and she's screaming at them to, uh, to get out of the water. There's a shark. And the two guys yeah. are like, no, there's no sharks here. It's fine. And, and then the great white it comes from below and rips the one guy like it comes like it breaches out of the water and grabs the dude in its jaws and crashes down this is is the hungriest shark yeah. ever and the shark isn't like feeding to eat it's just killing to kill um well that's true and then yeah, i wrote otherwise i would have eaten more of the drunk guy yeah, and then i wrote is the shark getting bigger or is it just getting better at killing people because this time he just eats the entire guy yeah um and then uh so then the shark also eats the other guy who has a gopro helmet on and um the gopro helmet comes into play a little bit later but at some point her um surfboard or a piece of surfboard washes up next to her and she's been sitting in the sun like roasting in the sun for over a day and it's only now she realizes that she can use the surfboard as shade <laughs> Like she's just been sitting in the sun for so long and she could have just yeah. had the surfboard over her face. 
I don't remember that. So she yeah. had a piece of the surfboard the whole time? Yeah. Well, no, it washes up after the two guys get eaten. But it doesn't occur to her till like way later to actually use it. Yeah. Okay. And um, Sounds about right. And so then my next note is the shark should jump over the rock like a dolphin or like the dolphins do when they jump over her. And or then, like Free Willy. Yeah. And then my note two seconds later is, it did! It jumps <laughs> over the rocks <laughs> to try to get her. And uh, um, and then my next note is, the shark bite makes the GoPro stop recording because it's on that one dude's head and then it bites through the helmet of that guy, which is where she gets the shark tooth from. But doesn't doesn't she see video of something like even before the shark ever shows up um we 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 the viewer the movie starts with a kid running on the beach and he finds the gopro helmet oh okay and right and the helmet records the guy getting attacked and then it's her message saying hi i've been i'm stranded on this rock send help i don't know where i am (laughs) Um, send help somewhere yeah um and so then she gets the uh, she gets the GoPro helmet and starts like recording a goodbye message to her family because she thinks she's gonna die. And in the background is Steven Seagal. He's just photobombing her. <laughs> um, yeah, and and that's like like I was talking about last week, where it's like, hey man, we got a survival story. There's someone dealing with a shark. Do we really need stuff thrown in about her drama with her dad and feeling pressure to be right a doctor? I mean, like. Like, I don't care what anyone's expectations are of me. If I'm sitting on a rock with a shark yeah. around me, I'm worried about the shark. Like her backstory is meaningless in, the, in yeah. a movie like this. Like it doesn't matter if she's a doctor because she's stuck on a rock. It could be. It could have been the story of the drunk Mexican guy who's stuck on the rock. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, you'd, you'd still be interested in the how's he going to survive the shark? Yeah. Although um, if it's only 82 minutes long, I guess it, it wouldn't have met required runtime if they didn't have a bunch of crap thrown in there yeah um so then she makes a swim over to this buoy uh like a floating buoy that's in in pretty rough shape um and her foot is turning all gangrenous like which is gross um and on this is there a reason for the her going to the buoy um the tide is coming in the tide's coming in and it's gonna put her under the water so uh, the decides. tide hasn't come in until that point in the movie. No, because this is a magical place where the tide only comes in once a day. Uh, unlike the rest of the world where it comes in twice a day. Right. Uh, and so she swims over to the buoy and on the buoy is like a, uh, a little cabinet that inside is a flare gun and she uses the flare gun. She's a boat drives by and she tries to signal the boat, which fails and then, for some reason, the ocean is covered in gasoline and oil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, is that, is that whale fat oil? That's the only thing that makes sense, is that the whale is leaking blubber. <laughs> but, yeah. but I don't think that's how blubber, bl- uh, I don't think that's how blubber works. Like, it doesn't just ooze out of you and coat the water like an oil spill. Because there's, there's oil all over the water, like a gigantic oil spill has taken place. Yeah. And so she fires the flare into the water at the shark, and the shark lights on fire and jumps out of the water all on fire. Um, and then it jumps back into the, it dives back under the water where it's fine because fire doesn't live underwater. 
<laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, and then she's like scrambling around on the on the buoy, and she gets hit in the face. <laughs> she's like scram. She's like moving around, and the buoy rocks and hits her right in the face. I thought that was the funniest thing. And then um, I was reading the trivia for this movie. Uh-huh. And let me get down to it. Um, let's see. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Was was that an accident? It was. Uh. Uh, I can't find it. Oh, well. Um, and anyway, so they she accidentally gets hit in the face with it and her nose starts to bleed and they just left that take in the movie as, as part of the movie. I thought that was great. I cracked up so hard because I was like, what else could go wrong? You get hit in the nose. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 imagine if you're in a life or death struggle with a shark and you get punched in the nose. You'd be like, oh, God damn it, my nose. <laughs> like, come on. Um. Uh, so then the shark starts eating its way through steel and she's kicking at it like she's going to stop it Um. and then I wanted to point out that I thought the shark looked great like the CGI shark it was all CGI I thought it looked pretty good Uh. yeah I remember the shark being fine yeah maybe up till the very final moment of it Um. and then uh, and then my next note is ha 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 because she kills the shark by by getting it to chase her down into the bottom where there's this pit of spikes and, and, the, and she dives out of the way at the last second and the shark just smashes into all these spikes and gets impaled all over its face. And Oh my God, that was so great. We reround it and watched it like seven times. I think because, because yeah. the, fact, the fact that there are spikes at the bottom of the ocean doesn't matter because the shark is spinning full swimming as fast as it can go. Even if she dodged out of the way and it hit the ground, it would have still died because of how <laughs> fast it was going. Yeah. It like, it crinkles up like a, like an accordion. Yeah. Uh, when it hits, I, I guess it's like rebar or something. Yeah. Like that's how they anchored the uh, buoy to the ocean. Ocean. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then she kind of like floats back to see where the guy from the beginning helps her back to life. Um, and then the movie ends, but then there's another ending. There's like a little epilogue, which was pointless. Um, uh, where she's back at, where she's back with her family in, in Texas. And, um, and then I wrote the note where I'm like, I hope the shark's family tracks her down. Like the shark from jaws Four. Oh, that yeah. would be great. Um, yeah. Shell is the revenge. Yeah. That would be terrific. Um, and that's really, that's pretty much the entire movie of the shallows. Yeah. Uh, and there's as much as like, there is a shark. There's a lot of time in the movie. If I'm remembering right, at least it felt this way where it's just like, here's Blake lively. And and it's uh, she's not a great actress. Um, I mean, she's an attractive woman, and it seems like the movie sort of banks on that, where it's like, yeah. look at her in a bikini, and I'm like, yeah, I can see people in bikinis on all sorts of television. Like, uh-huh. let's go somewhere with this. And but I don't know what's your t- did you, like. I felt like her acting was really bad, especially when she was doing like voiceover stuff. Uh, I thought she did okay. Um, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, but, um, she definitely, 
like she's nice to look at and all, but like she's not like crazy hot. Like she's she's very hot, but not like super hot. <laughs> and um, and I feel she like, doesn't have a, the sort of appearance where you could just watch twenty minutes of her face and body. And right. And well, and the other like the other thing is like when you're like you're supposed to be like she's in the movie to be objectified, like like she's a hot chick in a bikini, but like most of the movie she's like heavily wounded, like she's 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 a beautiful girl but like she's in like physical and emotional distress so like are you supposed to be going like man she looks really hot when her arm is covered in jellyfish stings and her leg is <laughs> her leg is falling off and her nose is busted you know like that's, that's not your thing i'm not really into that all the time <laughs> just just women trapped in cars yeah that's uh, that's more on themselves <laughs> and eating rats <laughs> But at least her face wasn't messed up. <laughs> Listeners, uh, that's a reference back to the episode uh, about the curve. Yeah, check or out curve. Check Just out curve. the curve. Like that was a pretty decent movie. There it says Nick. It was it was decent. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. It was it was par. You, you you probably won't hate yourself for watching it like you will if you see Solo. <laughs> uh. That's that's gonna be the movie against which I measure things and go like, well, you're you're better you're better off seeing this movie than Solo. <laughs> That'd be the opposite of uh of your friend with the Spider Man thing. Yeah, Keith. Uh, he he ranks every movie against Spider Man one. Yeah, because he liked it. Against. I'm gonna rank everything against Solo because I hate it. Better or worse than Solo. Yeah. We'll call your segment Solo Tomatoes. Man, I'm going to be so mad when I find one that's worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anything else on The Shallows? No, I think I've covered everything about the movie. Uh, I I did think 47 Meters Down was a bit better than The Shallows. So oh, really? Okay. So if you're looking okay. for another shark movie and you want something that's a little bit better. I didn't expect it to be. And it's it's something that I just like, I was doing notes on my computer for work. And uh, wanted to have something on while I was going through a bunch of bunch of notes, and um, it just ended up enjoying it more than I expected. So oh, it's not to, great. I'll have to check that out. Maybe. Have you ever seen Open Water? No, I've never seen that. That's a good one. Uh, it, there, there's definitely some bad dialogue and stuff, but it's that's actually a pretty pretty good movie, and it's kind of disturbing. Like it's it's got effective drama to it that's where there's like two people stuck out in the water and yeah they go out on a shark. snorkeling thing and they get stuck they get left behind mm -hmm. and then it turns into a kirk cameron movie oh i'm just kidding oh i was gonna say jesus shows up yeah um but yeah check out open water that's that's actually legit okay a, a effective shark movie all right well this episode's getting pretty long um, did, All right. did you want to play a game or uh, should we wrap it up and save the game for next week? Uh, I think we could do one. Um, All right. Did I, did I text you at some point? I thought I texted you with something to, to compare. You did. You said we should, we're, we're going to play Batman versus movie Dawn of movie, which, which I realized at this point, Batman versus Superman has been out for a year now. And if, if you're not familiar with the show, um, <laughs> Batman versus movie Dawn of movie is a game we play where we put two completely different movies up against each other and, uh, compare them to decide which one is the best movie. Um, 
And uh, you texted me last week and you wanted to do uh, Ocean's Eleven versus Fight Club. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so let's, let's do that. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So what's, uh, what's Fight Club got going for it? Fight Club has everything going for it. It's got ultraviolence. It's got psychological implications. It's got twists and turns. Yeah, it's kind of like philosophical and, and you know, um, like kind of gets into theory and stuff about like capitalism. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a thought provoking movie. It's not just a movie about uh, a club fighting. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not blood sport. <laughs> right. Well, and it's got great performances by Ed Norton, Brad Pitt and Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. They're terrific. Even Meatloaf. Meatloaf is in the movie, and he's terrific in it. Yeah, he is. Smaller part, but... Jared, um, Jared Leto's yeah. also in it. He does a good job. Oh, I can't stand that guy. But but he is fine in the movie. Oh, speaking of which, did you hear that they're making a Joker standalone movie? Oh, Christ. Um, Not with, not with Jared Leto. Like, they're getting a different guy to be Joker for the standalone movie, and it's supposed to Uh-oh. be... The rumor is that it's Joaquin Phoenix. Huh. Well, and, he's a weirdo, so that might actually work out all right. I don't know. So it's not going to be a it's not going to be a crappy tattooed silver grilled Jared Leto type Joker either. Then I don't know. Maybe it will be Joaquin Phoenix doing a Jared Leto impression. Oh, I hope not. Um. Anyway, back to the game. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, great performances. Uh, yeah, twists. I will say this much. Um. And I'm not someone who always sees coming. Like I didn't see the end of the Sixth Sense coming, uh-huh. but I did see the end of Fight Club coming. Well, see, so, I didn't see it coming at all. And I don't think most people do. So I'll say it's a pretty effective twist for for most folks. And it didn't bother me at all that I did see it coming. Like it uh-huh. still is a great movie. And um, you can really and Fight Club is a movie that the more you watch it, the more you appreciate things. Um, they really took time to. Uh, to establish um, the psychosis of the main character of Edward Norton's character. Um, And you don't realize it watching it the first couple of times. And then you realize, Oh, there's like frames of Brad Pitt here and there um, standing in his subconscious spoiler alert for fight club. Brad Pitt is, is Edward Norton. Yeah. If you haven't seen fight club, you should see it. Um, Yeah. It's also based on a book by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, I'm not entirely sure how to say his last name. Nobody is. But um, it's an excellent book, and I, I've read it many times. And um, it's a great companion piece to the movie. They both, um, they both uh, complement each other. Yeah, exactly. They complement each other very well. I've never read it, um, but cool. but just uh, with, as the movie on its own, it's also. Uh, I don't know if the book is or not, but the movie's really funny too. The book like, is funny as well, yeah. You got Ed Norton beating himself up in one scene to like to to uh, blackmail his boss. Mm-hmm. Um, Helena Bonham Carter, like her her expressions of confusion sometimes are really funny. Yeah, like she's like, "What is going on here? You're being really weird," and especially once you've figured out what's going on or if you've seen it before. Uh huh. Her responses to what's happening around her can be really funny. I mean, it's pretty dark too, but but some of it's really funny. Yeah. 
I don't know what I think about him shooting himself in the jaw at the end. I don't. I mean, I guess it it works in a way that, like, if it's all within his psyche, you know, his psyche, and he's ready to let it go. Yeah. That that sort of makes sense. Okay, if he's ready to kill himself to to release it, then he he can. Yeah. But you're not going to trick yourself that shooting yourself in the jaw is the same as shooting yourself in the head. So I'm like, just let it go without shooting yourself in the jaw. Yeah. Uh, in the book, he um, he's got a hole in his face um, from uh-huh. the Fight Club. Like his face gets smashed into the ground, um, mm-hmm. and like it slowly gets like infected or whatnot. Um, and he just has like this hole in his jaw. And if I'm remembering right, that's what he shoots the gun out of, um, which it doesn't really matter because you're right. Like if you, if you think that shooting yourself is the only way to get rid of Brad Pitt, then, then you'd have to do it. (laughs) I don't don't know. It's very, it's, it's very, uh, heady movie. Yeah. Yeah. But well, how, how about that, yeah? I was gonna say, how does that compare to Ocean's Eleven? Oh, it was also directed by David Fincher, who's a terrific director. Um, so Ocean's Eleven, you got Brad Pitt doing another really good job. Yep, just definitely less of a complex role, but he's pulling it off like crazy. In the two movies, Brad Pitt is the coolest. He's just yeah, he's just so damn cool. <laughs> well, and in Ocean's Eleven, he's he's side by side with George Clooney. I mean, you got a lot going on in yeah. Ocean's Eleven in terms of a really great cast. You got yeah. Bernie Mac killing it. You got Don Cheadle with a pretty bad accent, but still really entertaining. Um, Matt Damon and, and all, is is great. Like everybody in the movie is cool. Yeah, and they're all offering a different flavor. Yeah, without being just like completely caricatures. Uh huh. And and Brad Pitt and George Clooney, and I'm I'm a pretty big George Clooney fan anyway. Uh-huh. Um, they've got great chemistry. They do. Like the two of them together are, are awesome. Unfortunately, the movie has Julia Roberts in it. But you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. Uh, see, I thought she was fine in the in the movie. Oh, I'm not saying she was bad. I just don't like her. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. She, no, she's a she's a decent actress. I just I just don't like her. Mm-hmm. Like that episode of Family Guy where she's on there and she's like, me, me, <laughs> that's, that's what she actually feels like to me. So, you know, I don't know, maybe she's not that bad, but uh-huh. whatever. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, you got a great soundtrack. Oh, Fight uh, Club has a great soundtrack too. It's like all industrial or all um, techno by the Chemical Brothers and then the last song by the Pixies. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack too. I feel like in Ocean's Eleven, the the soundtrack is it's used differently. Yeah. Um, and not that you would want a soundtrack used in a similar way at all in Fight Club, but like it's definitely a part of the movie. You right. know, like the, yeah. the soundtrack is almost its own character the way it's used, and it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, Ocean's Eleven, as opposed to the other Ocean's movies, which are terrible. <laughs> yeah. It comes together at the end really well. You get to yeah. see it's not oh like kind of like what I was talking with Solo where they're like telling you you should be impressed. 
some of the other Oceans movies do that where they're like, oh, yeah, it was a good heist. You didn't get to see it, but trust us, it was cool. Yeah. In Oceans 11, you actually get to kind of see it come together piece by piece, and there are little hints of what's going to happen and questions it leaves you with. Like, why are they looking into that? And how's that going to get used? And then then at the end, it comes together perfectly. It comes together perfectly, and, and they had things going on that they didn't even share with the audience. Like, yeah, like you feel like watching the movie, you feel like, oh, um, oh, there's a chance that they won't succeed. Like, oh, man, Matt Damon's going to fail in his task. And and they've got every they've got every exit covered. Like Uh they're they're so well prepared for this heist that there's nothing that can go wrong for them. And I think that's great. Like, Mm -hmm. because as a viewer, you don't realize it till the movie's over that, oh, they had. That even when they think they're going to lose, that is still part of the plan. Yeah, they kind of they they surprised you too. Yeah, it's like they surprise uh, whatever that Italian guy's name is. <laughs> Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia's character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, I think Benedict, that's I, I think, think that's the t- big Terry Benedict. Yeah, I think that's the big problem with with the Oceans twelve and thirteen is that they got away from. Um, our main characters know exactly what they're doing and they know exactly the stakes and, and everything that's going to happen. They, they get away from that. Like in oceans 12, like they fail constantly. Well, but they don't. Cause then at the end it's like, Oh yeah, they had the thing the whole time. Right. But it doesn't, it but, doesn't, but you don't see it come together. It's just like, right. Hey, you're right. You know, in the first one, there are things you didn't see, but when they, but when they, when you do find out how things came together, you see it. Yeah. In Ocean's 12, it's like, yeah, we're not going to show you at all. We're just going to tell you they took it. Yeah. And Ocean's, it. Ocean's 12 is they, um, we got, um, Ocean's 11, they're, the, everybody's really cool together and they're going along as part of the story. Ocean's 12 is just, hey, here's a bunch of cool people hanging out together. And, uh, I guess there's a bank robbery. Yeah. Or art heist, whatever uh, art, it is. Art, yeah, it's an art gallery theft. But yeah, that that's the worst of the three. Um, so anyway, yeah. So what's your what's your verdict here on these? Oh, also, uh, Ocean's Eleven was directed by Steven Soderbergh, which who's another excellent director. What else did he do? Um, he did um, Contagion, which is an awesome movie. If you haven't seen that, that that movie's terrific. Um. Huh. Uh, is, wait is is that the one with the the girl whose face is rotting away throughout the movie? No, I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I've seen Contagion then. Um, Soderbergh's done a lot. Um, he did. Uh, here, let me just pull it up real quick. Keyboard typing. Soder, there it is. Uh, he's done. Oh, he did Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, Solaris, um, Magic Mike, really, and Magic Mike the sequel. Oh, he's a producer. Oh, I see. Um, I'll click on the director. Oh, he did direct Magic Mike, um, Contagion. Ocean's 13. He's he's done a lot of stuff, but he's really great. Um with the stuff that with the stuff that's highly acclaimed, his is he's really great. His good ones are good. Yeah. Well, 
of those, the only one that I really like, I, I haven't seen them all, but the one that I like, really like is Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So, so where do you come down on this? I've got to go with, uh, it's tough because I love the first Ocean's Eleven movie so much, but I love Fight Club so much more. Um, Fight Club has a super special place in my heart uh, just because I love it uh, so very much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got to go with Fight Club is the better movie. Oh, man. I, I'm having a hard time deciding. I feel like this is like that 310 to Yuma versus Tombstone right. conversation. Right. Where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's where I was, where, where it's like both movies are really good, but... Um, you know, like Tombstone definitely wins. Yeah, and and I guess you know, like in terms of things I appreciate, like philosophy and stuff, I really want to go towards Fight Club uh-huh. and say it, it's better, and even maybe that I like it more. But while we're having this conversation, the one I want to watch is Ocean's Eleven. Right, and um, I kind of feel the same way, but only because I've seen Fight Club so many times. And I've probably seen them both about the same amount of time. Uh huh. Um, and it's another one of those things where it's like, yeah, that one's, you know, Fight Club's really good. And if I want to think at all, I'm going to do that. But if I just want to have fun, I'm definitely going to go in the Ocean's Eleven direction. Yeah. So I am very, very gently going to tip in that direction and say Ocean's Eleven isn't necessarily better, but it's Ocean- higher on my list of favorite movies. Ocean's Eleven is fun because it, it, you feel like you're part of the crew. Yeah, with them, like you feel like you're a part of the action. Like, yeah, like if it weren't a movie, or like after the movie, you could just hang out with them if they were like. Yeah, like when the cameras stop rolling, like you get the sense that they were all just hanging out together, and it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell they had a lot of fun making it. All right, well that wraps up this week's uh, show. Um, it was a good one, Matt. When we went well, extra long, and it was extra fun. I enjoyed it, uh, partly because I hated Solo so much. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I hope now is that it becomes your Jurassic Park 3, where you you just put it on to to have it on in the background all the time, and it becomes your go-to. Oh, man. You know, I, I... But I like I want to sit down and laugh at Jurassic Park 3. I never want to see Solo again. (laughs) But I don't know. You know, maybe after I first saw Jurassic Park 3, I felt that way too. So I don't... don't, Yeah, I can't see myself going back. Jurassic Park 3 was a big disappointment. This movie just makes me hate stuff. Yeah. Uh, New Jurassic Park comes out today. Jurassic World 2. Yeah, that looks awful and sounds awful. I'm going to see it tomorrow, so find out. Yeah, we'll hear about it next week on the show. That's true. All right, Matt. Well, if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you. Oh, oh, before I wrap. Whoa, that was close. Uh, Whoa. Do you have anything anything you want to anything you want to add at the very end or uh, to you I will plug that Perfect Circle album again if you haven't checked it out yet. Oh no, I still have not listened to it. Check it out. All right, Perfect Circle, Maynard James Keenan's side project from Tool. Uh, first album in like 10 years, right? Uh, since 2004, I think. Wow. That was a long time ago. Um All right, well, if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. Bye now.